recording. Um, go ahead. I'll just like chop over the beginning. But Doug Mitchell, bro, how's it going, man? Thanks for coming on the Structure Watch podcast. Honored to, honored to be here, brother. It's been a minute since I've talked to you, so I'm excited to get into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't live too far away, you know, but still with everybody's busy lives going on, like it's kind of hard to set a time to chat and whatnot. Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. So um, I've been, I, I've known you for a minute. I've been following you for a minute. Um, there's a lot of things that you've been doing lately, but let's start in the beginning. You know, how did you get into this, this, uh, what you're doing now, like sales, sales side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, now where I'm at now is I, I consult business owners on their sales programs, you know, and uh, I'm also part of a partnership that is an agency. And so we do web dev, SEO, marketing, all that good stuff. Right. But where I started was being, you know, 18 years old, moving to Corpus Christi, Texas, which is a smaller city here in, in Texas, uh, with 200 bucks in my, my Ford Ranger, you know, and I started washing dishes at a restaurant there. I knew I was going to do something. I knew I was going to be a, a business owner. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Was either an entrepreneur or a movie director, right? And so, um, you know, I always, my problem was I got fired from like the first 20 jobs I had because I was always trying to tell my boss or my manager or my supervisor how to do, how to do their job more efficiently or use better systems, you know, because that was always my instinct to create systems, you know? And so I ended up working for an entrepreneur that did a lot of different things. He had an industrial staffing company. He had a collectible gold sales company, right? And he also had like a youth ministry. And so he did a lot of different things. And I was doing the marketing for him, right? Because I had done some marketing in real estate. So I had the background. He hired me for that for 30 grand a year. I was rich. I was 21 years old. And I had an office job. That was a big deal back then, you know? And, uh, so I started working for him and I worked for him for about two years before he had an opportunity to come up where he had started a door-to-door sales company for AT&T and the manager of that company or the GM uh, walked, right? He walked away from the, the business or whatever. He had equity in it and everything. He just walked away from it. And uh, my, my old boss wasn't able to get it to profit. So he asked me to start managing it. And so one of the first things I did was fired the whole team because they were all just kind of sitting in the truck, smoking pot instead of knocking doors. So door to door sales, you know, you got to go out and actually knock doors in order to make money. Right. And so um, the first thing I did was knock doors for 90 days. And I did that with uh, a manager in the business. Luckily, he had some background in the space already. So I derived a lot of this the original script and uh, systems that we used to build from him. And so I knocked doors for 90 days and then I never knocked doors again, you know? And so I think what that taught me was a lot of people think you've got to be in the space for years and years and years before you can own a business doing it, which I just don't think is true at all. Like you're either good at owning a business or not, you know, the business ownership itself is a trade on its own, I guess you could say, you know? And so I realized early on that I was very good at that. I was able to put in systems in place, recruit new people, train them how to sell and get them out in the field. Right. So that was 2011. Uh, fast forward to 2014, we had 110 sales reps and did about $4.8 million in that year in commissions. And so we blew it up quick. You know, my opportunity structure was strong. 
I, uh, I had strong commissions as well as uh, a strong leadership structure that was light laid out for them. So they knew exactly, all right, I'm knocking doors right now for commission only, but I can see an assistant manager role. I can see a manager role. I can see a regional role. These are all places that I can go to. And he's telling me exactly how to get there. So if I hit these marks, I can promote myself. That was our big thing. You promote yourself. We don't promote you. If you hit these metrics, sales, uh, training people, all that gets, you know, all the things that we put in place, uh, doing the training, uh, completing this many days of work without being absent or whatever the case is. We had all that displayed for them. And once they hit it, they got promoted. They started getting overrides. They started learning more about leadership and management, right? And so that was a really good system that blew the company up in three years, right? And, um, but unfortunately at that time, you know, I was only doing a 9%, 10% net. And if you're a business owner, you know how low that is, right? Normally you should be around 20% at the bottom, you know, all the way up to 30%, depending on your business, right? And so I had to make a, a lot of hard decisions of pulling all the extra stuff out of the company and just keeping what we needed, you know, but over the next year, over the next five years, I was able to get that, get that up to 28%. And so I've been managing and building sales teams for 14 years now for Fortune 500 companies, AT&T, DirecTV, Vivint, you know, Energy, uh, Solar. So I was really good at putting together the sales program, recruiting the team, making sure they got trained properly, and then releasing them into the streets, you know what I mean? And and hiring somebody to to manage them, basically. And so what I realized over time, and especially after getting into Apex, where we met, was mm-hmm. that that was... That was a rare skill, I guess you could say. And so a lot of, when I joined executives, a lot of the executives were asking me questions about how they scale their sales team or how they scale their sales in general or how they handle the leads that they've got coming in, whatever the case was. And I was able to actually pour into them when I'm standing around these guys. You know, I my business made millions, but I didn't profit millions. I was standing around guys that netted millions. You know what I'm saying? That that woke up and had hundreds of thousands of dollars deposited in their bank account because they have passive real estate investments, you know? And so it's like, I think I'm, you know, I got the imposter syndrome, but the reality was when it came to that subject, that was my jam. That was my zone of genius, you know? And so um, they came to me for that. And I realized I had something there. And, you know, after doing something for 14 years, you kind of get bored with it, no matter how passionate you are about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because at the end of the day, you're just a business owner. You're not a door to door salesman or you're not doing sales anymore, you know? And same way you are in your business, you're elevating yourself to be just a business owner, not an electrician necessarily, right? And so once you get to that point, you, you kind of get bored with the business a little bit, you know, if you're not constantly expanding, doing new things or being met with challenges. And so I decided uh, at the end of last year to go full-time into consulting. And that's been a pretty, pretty wild ride, but that's how I'm at where I'm at now. Yeah. So back, so back at your first job when you were telling your boss like kind of how to be more efficient, you think all of that just, just you know, that was already in you, like that just came naturally to you? So yeah, I think everybody has talent, right? Just yeah. what it is different between everybody and recognizing it. And so my talent was always being able to break apart a system and fix the weak points and put it back together, you know? And because I was able to do that, I had such a systematic business like sales in door to door, but you're doing the same exact thing every day. 
every door you go to, you're doing the same pitch. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, it adjusts for the customer. You're definitely asking more qualifying questions than you are presenting features and benefits because you're doing it custom to them, right? And so that part of it is custom, but everything else is systemized and happens accordingly, you know? And the more systemized the business is, the more scalable it is, right? And and because it was so scalable, I was able to grow it so fast. It was weird. I was 26 years old and my business was doing almost $5 million, you know? And then I would hear about other business owners that had been in business for 20 years and they were doing uh, 150K, 200K. You know, the mom and pop shops, they were they were doing uh, car wraps or they were doing um, printing or, you know, cake shop, stuff like that. It was just, it, it, I never really appreciated how crazy that was to be doing that much in business that early on. Now, you and I, you and I were used to it now, like a 26 year old coming up to us and saying, yeah, I did $5 million in roofing last year. You know, that's like normal, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but I was in a very uh, small pond, I, I guess you could say. So once I joined Apex, I became part of the big pond and realized, oh, snap, I got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah. And wh- what do you think that is? Like what you're saying, like the moment pops that don't, they do like a couple hundred grand and they've been in business for, you know, 20 years, especially, especially like the home service industry yeah. where they just, they don't grow, right? They don't, they don't know these things, you know, but what do you think the difference was between, you know, somebody like that and then you that just came along and real yeah. quick doing millions? I think uh, there's, there's a few differences. You know, I think there are some people that do that and it's because they're true. They, they want to make cakes every day for the rest of their life. They love making cakes. And, you know, more power to them because at the end of the day, I don't care how much money you make if you're happy and your bills are paid. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that's all people need, you know, and, and if not, everybody would be a business owner. You know? For sure. Sometimes all people need is make that paycheck and, and go home. And and it's tough because people like us don't understand that we almost sometimes make the mistake of looking down on it. But a lot of them are further along spiritually and mentally and physically than a lot of us yeah. business owners, you know what I'm saying? Because they that's got true. to focus on themselves instead of their business, you know? Yeah. And so that's the one situation, you know, which it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? The other situation in, in my mind is they have a, a scarcity mindset, you know? And this is something that, you know, I'm sure everybody that has been on your show has talked about, you know, which is, hey, I'm not going to hire this person to take over what I'm doing because then they'll learn how to do it and they'll go start it somewhere else. You know, that, that's a scarcity mindset. Like I'm not going to teach others because then they can start their own businesses, you know, instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to teach others and some are going to leave. That's just part of this. You're going to have turnover, but I'm going to teach others. I'm going to empower others. I'm going to lift others up. And because I did that, they're going to lift me up, you know? And so we know what that looks like. We know what it looks like to invest in someone for a year, two years, three years, whatever the case. And then they leave the company to go do their own thing. But once you accept that, it it becomes really powerful because you're like, it's okay. I can be a stepping stone or I can be the ladder to your success or I can be the end all be all and end up being your career. And maybe we can partner down the line or maybe we can do a ref share deal down the line where you open up your own location. Both of those things can happen. But the journey on the way there has to look the same. You can't, you can't discriminate. You can't say, "Oh, yeah. well, you know, this guy has more of a business sense, and this guy is more better at the, the trade." You have to say, "Like, hey, I'm going to treat everybody the same. I have this system that I'm going to work, 
and the system's going to let the cream rise to the top. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I think, I think that scarcity mindset stops them from growing. And then I, I think a lot of them, it's you don't know what you don't know, right? So my talent was systems, right? It wasn't, it wasn't doing a trade or anything like that, right? So right away, I had it built in into me for whatever reason to scale, right? But a lot of people start the other way. They start with the trade or they start with the talent of uh, doing this particular thing or they have a passion around it, right? And they don't. They have to learn the ability to scale. They have to learn that uh, abundance mindset. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then there's the last reason, which is, hey, I don't want to give up any of the money I'm making per hour or per job. And so, because I don't want to give up that money, I'm never going to scale and end up making more money. I'm going to stay at this level so I can get 90% of the income into my business versus getting 30%, but doing 10x the business. You know what I'm saying? And so right away, I understood that, like, immediately, I was like, I can make 9%. 9% of 5 million is pretty damn good, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, versus the guy that has a small sales team that wants to make, you know, 60% on his salespeople and is only doing, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand a year. He's only ever going to yeah. make 100, 100, 120 grand, you know? And so that's, uh, I think that's the fourth thing that you run into so a lot of different reasons yeah. some of them good most of them bad you know and most of them have to do with scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset in my mind yeah one thing that you said that i i try to do like the complete opposite but it's like you know when or like whenever i hire people like i hire people and i ask them like what's your goal right because mm -hmm. like at least at least for me like my goal is not you know working out in the field for the rest of my life so i ask them like what's your goal because like obviously like i don't think you know breaking your back every day for 40 years is it you know so i ask them like do you i mean do you want to own a business or do you want to just be like you know one of the top people at the business right because like because if your goal is to to eventually go out and create your own business like my job is to help you do that you know and like if and i've, I've had some of the people tell me like nobody has ever asked me that because mm -hmm. like because everybody's like ego just you know gets in and you know yeah. they don't want to teach people stuff because like oh what if they leave well shit bro like if they leave and do their own thing like they'll fucking they'll praise you for it you know because yeah. you're the one that taught them the way and 100%. that's something that's like a huge one that a lot of people don't think about and i just try to do the complete opposite by doing that is like you know asking them what their goals are and then telling them that my job is to help them reach that goal one of the things I used to do was lay out the opportunity structure in front of people, right? And you can see all the positions and everything, the company hierarchy, all that good stuff. And I would ask them, where do you want to point? If you could snap your fingers and be there right now, where would you be? They would always point at my position. You know what I'm saying? And then I would explain to them what it takes to be in my position. I would just give them a history of what I've gone through to, to yeah. be in that role and everything. And they're like, I could wait a couple of years. <laughs> I'm not I'm not ready to go without a paycheck for three months like you did a year ago. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. those little things that people don't realize about business ownership, you know, kind of seeing behind that curtain a little bit. It's good to show them, you know, so they understand like it's not all gravy, you know. Yeah. yeah, you're driving around in a nice truck, you have a nice home, you know, you have these investments or whatever the case is, but it wasn't always that way, you know, and I'm learning that all over again starting this new business and consulting now you know it's like a brand new business and i'm starting it for the first time again 
and I'm not making near as much money as I used to, but I'm having a blast because it is, it's an addiction. I love starting things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to be like the business owner until they kind of see like the stress that you go through the fucking, the hardship that you go through. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, maybe I don't want to be a business owner. Right. And it's like, you know, like you said, like you said a little while ago, it's like, you know, not everybody would be. And like, I think that's, that's an important thing is to kind of shine the light. Like you say, pull back the curtain. Mm-hmm. And like, if they want to go through, you know, the no paycheck for years, um, you know, go ahead. But if they don't, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how, okay. So like you mentioned too, that now you're, you're starting something new. Mm-hmm. You're like, how long did you do the, your other company, the solar? Oh, so solar was just a division of Argenta. So Argenta, you know, I did for 14 years and I still technically my LLC is still Argenta Field Solutions. So I've never technically shut down the division. I'm still getting paid from AT&T for residuals and stuff. So that's kind of nice, you know, no overhead now and just residuals. But uh, anyways, uh, so I got into solar. I mean, my VP of sales was just like, knocking down my door to start solar solar was the hot new thing high commissions yeah. you know all that good stuff and, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have some experience with it being uh in the electrical space but one of the things i recognized is you know the margins that these companies were making were just ridiculous you know and that's why everybody wanted in on it because the homeowners were none the wiser you know and as long as they were offsetting the electric bill they didn't really care you know and that just I had a hard time with that, you know? So when, whenever I, we started our solar division, uh, I wanted to make sure, okay, the margins are reasonable that the company was making roughly 15% of uh, gross revenue of that sale because there's an install piece to it too, right? So the, the construction company needs to make good money in there too. So about a year into the business, you know, and we're doing well, we probably in that year we did, I want to say like, 57, 58 systems, you know, so not bad uh, for uh, a solar company. But uh, by the end of it, I wanted to cut commissions. You know, I wanted to cut the amount of money that the salesperson made on that solar close, which was very difficult at the time. And me and my VP just did did not agree with that. Or we clashed on that, you know, because he wanted them to make as much money as possible, which, yes, like surface value, absolutely. But the question is, can we do better for our clients and can we be more competitive, you know, and, and can we do right by the customer, right? If we, if we can save them money versus just offset their cost, right? You're always going to save them money long-term. Everybody knows that. But if we can save them money in the first year, how much more scalable does our business become and how much more competitive does it become? And so because we, yeah, we had this like clashing ideal, you know, I didn't want to be Walmart. You know, but I wanted to be Target. I, I just didn't want to be Neiman Marcus. I didn't feel like we were that much better than any other solar company out there. So I wanted to at least be Target, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we clashed on that. So you know, in at the time, consulting was taking off. I had just done six figures in one month on consulting. And so I was like, hey, I've got a real business over here. I think I'm 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 done running the big organization, you know? And it, it was a it was a tough decision for me to make because you got to remember, with the organization I had before, like I had set it up, 
I put leadership in place and it ran itself. It was incredibly passive, you know, versus this. Now I'm in people's businesses. I'm acting as a fractional CSO, you know, I'm developing their sales program. I'm managing the sales teams in some cases, you know, so it's very intense work uh, versus before it was very passive, you know, but I think it's what I needed because I was very much not fulfilled, bored, you know, unhappy, you know what I'm saying before. And now I'm on a fire again, you know, and I'd rather make a hundred grand a year on fire than a million depressed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and how, how was that? Like, just starting over so many years, you know, just rising mm -hmm. and rising to, you know, taking a step back and be like, you know what, I'm going to start over from zero. Yeah. And with something, I mean, I don't want to say brand new, but I mean, yeah, yeah, like from zero again. So how, how was, how was that, that transition to kind of take, taking a step back? It was challenging. I mean, I've, I've had some serious low points, serious low points, yeah. you know, where, where I didn't, you know, you remember my whole life, I've been the provider of my family and others, you know? And so yeah. being in that position, you know, you take a lot of pride in it, right? But it can't, it can't be the definition of you, right? Because as soon as it goes away, if it's the definition of you, then who are you after? You know, who are you after you let go of that business or that business goes downhill or whatever the case is? If you're defined by your bank account or you're defined by the gross revenue that is coming into your company, then you're attaching your self-worth and your value to that. And that that can be incredibly dangerous because what do we know about business? It has its highs and its lows. And so it was it was very difficult, especially the first the first quarter was amazing. You know, I, I did really well the first quarter and then the second quarter came around. I had spent so much time fulfilling the clients from the first quarter. I forgot to keep my pipeline full and prospect and market. You know what I'm saying? And this is something that happens to us all. All of a sudden, you know, if you got 10 commercial, you know, million dollar jobs tomorrow, you probably wouldn't prospect for a while. You'd yeah. be too busy trying to fulfill those jobs, you know? And yeah. so, and it, it, it happens, but I forgot like, Hey, I don't have this sales team selling for me anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just me. I am the sales, right? And yeah. so I started delegating and figuring out, okay, I, you know, I, I delegated more to my VA team. I delegated more to my producer, Ryan, he's a beast. And, uh, I started putting products in place that had monthly reoccurring revenue and that didn't require me to fulfill like our, our, our product that we have called podcast partners, where we take care of everything for a virtual podcast. All the host has to do is show up, right? That was a really really good move because you know we've done 230 plus episodes on our podcast you know and we do three a week so we got that crap dialed in so it takes nothing for us to add another show in there you know and do all the social media content and all that good stuff and so that created monthly reoccurring revenue that paid you know payroll and paid the bills you know what i'm saying so even if i didn't go out and sell 20 or 30 grand in consulting that month or that week or whatever the case was the bills were paid because I had these consistent, steady uh, income streams, you know, that that my team could be taken care of kind of thing. And so that was the, the philosophy behind that. But, yeah, I've had months where I'm like, oh, crap, where's the mortgage going to come from this month? You know, where's the uh, car payments going to come from? You know, I've got a I basically I've did it to myself in March and in April 
I had to basically like, oh, I got to sell this, that, and this, and then I can pay my bills. You know what I'm saying? Which was crazy to me, you know, because the lowest personal income month I had had before that was maybe like 15K, you know, maybe. And so, and I did, I, you know, I, I went through times where I was like, I regretted the decision of shutting down the AT&T business and the solar business. You know, I went through all those feelings, all those emotions, but I think, I think honestly, if I'm being honest with you, brother, it was God's plan. You know, he's like, I'm going to find out if you really want this, we're going to find out, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to take you all the way down so that when you come back up, it's a, it's a different, different person, you know, not necessarily value values and stuff like that. But like what I'm capable of is different because I'm convicted on the things I didn't do right in the beginning of this business, you know, or in the 14 years in the business before. And I'm never going to do those things again. Right. What I recognized is even when I had those, that big business, my core values were completely different from my VPs and from my regional in the AT&T business. We didn't, we weren't aligned. You know what I mean? And I had built it you know, uh, uh, a seven figure business like that. And then all of a sudden you, you become almost married to it because of the income it brings, but I'd rather have my values and have alignment and have to be married to somebody else's, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I made that decision to, to shut it down. And I've paid for it. I have paid for it dearly, but I'm back on the upswing. Now <laughs> I'm figuring it out. I'm learning this new business that I'm in. And it's, it's been a blast, man. Yeah. Sometimes God, God has to push you through hell, you know, so you can come back, back stronger and back to, you know, do what you got to do. 100%. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, like we've all, we've all had, I think we've all had our fair share of, you know, highs and lows. And then, uh, one thing that resonated with what you said was, you know, when you have projects for days, like you're not out prospecting other jobs, right? And like, mm-hmm. I've had that issue. I've had that issue before where I'm just like, yeah, we're like, you know, we're like a week, two weeks booked out and, you know, we're just like short steps or, you know, I have to be out there and this was like yeah. before, right. And I have to be out, out in the field. Like I don't go out in the field anymore, but whenever I'm out in the field, we're like a, a week, two weeks booked out. Like I can't even see like, you know, going out and fishing for more jobs for like three weeks, yeah. four weeks. I'm like, nah, dude, like, you know, I'm like, okay with this shit. So, mm-hmm. but then whenever all that work stops, it's like, shit, now I don't have any jobs, yeah. you know? And, and like, after so many, like of those, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs, mm-hmm. you know, I realized that like, dude, you need to have a sales team in place, you know, to book, to even book, you know, three weeks, four weeks. Right. Because like when that low comes, it was like, okay, now I don't have any jobs because we already took care of this mm-hmm. shit. Like, you know, you know, where does this shit come from? Yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, for your business and a lot of businesses like yours, it's hard to fathom having a sales team, you know? Yeah. I think it's something that happens at a certain, I guess, a certain revenue mark or a certain client count. But what you should start putting in place is those processes, right? Where it's like, okay, when I do prospect, what's successful? And then documenting that and creating an SOP from it. And this is boring as shit, but it's the thing that scales businesses, you know? Nobody wants to sit there and and write down how they do everything, you know, but they need to, if they want to delegate it someday, I think, I think at an entry level, 
not entry level, but at a, uh, at a next level for a lot of businesses that are in the trades, it's, it's hiring that business development role, right? And it may be that guy that's already in your company that has a lot of experience in the trade, but they have this magnetism to them that people love being around. Them. You know what I'm saying? They have this ability to, to negotiate with the client or to, I guess, um, what did I, I used to call it? Uh, smoozing clients, right? You know, taking them out to dinners. That guy, yeah. that guy that, 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 that does that, or that is very good with clients like that. And that builds relationships really well. He may be your salesperson, but there's another title for it. It's called business development. Okay. And so the difference between business development and a salesperson, a salesperson takes one client and sells them, right? The business development role is building relationships that are going to bring clients, you know? And so at at a very basic level, you can look at this as somebody that develops referral partners, right? And so, you know, referral partners for, for you guys may be, uh, realtors, home builders, you know, um, solar companies, anybody that deals with electrical at some point in the process, right? It may be, um, you know, handymen and stuff like that, that realize, hey, I probably should bring this up to code, you know, <laughs> and yeah. things like that. So depending on your business, you, you already know who those referral partners are. And so somebody yeah. in your business or yourself at first, right? But somebody in your business should be carving out maybe 10 hours a week to do nothing but develop those relationships and develop those partnerships. And then as you scale, maybe you get over a million, you start putting together a system for that. And it's like, Hey, uh, I go out and network at the trade shows. I go out and network at the, uh, the, um, real estate centric shows and stuff like that, that are in my area. Right. Because, you know, electrical is one of those things you got, it's gotta be hands-on. So you're only going to be able to service your, your area. Right. And so, they're going to go out and develop those relationships and network and um, probably have a slide deck to show that potential relationship, that potential partner, how they can benefit their business. You know, uh, five-star reviews. What are, the, what are the difference makers that make you different from every other contractor knocking down their door? You know, and that's your values first off. That's how you operate, which your, your testimonials, your clients are a reflection of that. And then, of course, what makes you competitive in the marketplace is it, you know, you do a five point or a 20 point inspection before you leave the job site. You take pictures, you upload them to a website and then uh, send them to the client. You know, do you make their life easier? You know, and that's what that's going to be the thing that finally sells them on sending all their business to you. Right. So if you can develop that business development role within your company, whether it's you doing it for 10 hours a week, five hours a week. Or somebody that you recognize like, hey, you're good with people in general. Why don't you try doing this, you know, five to 10 hours a week or whatever the case is. And this could, it could be somebody that is on the job, you know what I'm saying? But maybe they're running the job. And um, like it, a lot of your business, you said, comes from referrals. So that all this is, is leaning into that, you know, leaning into those referrals and saying, hey, I, this is the way we get business. Let's be intentional about it versus you know, clients are saying, hey, I've got this other guy here that could use your services too. You know, we're already reaching out to clients and saying, hey, who are five people you think could use our services? I know you're in the construction space. I know you're in the real estate space. I know you're in the commercial space, whatever the case is. 
and it being being intentional about it. So you can fill that pipeline. Yeah. So is that how you for like the smaller smaller companies, right? Like doing a couple hundred grand, like that's mm-hmm. how you would recommend recommend for them to start, you know, doing this business development, being in leaning into referrals, um, starting the process, like mm-hmm. even if it's, you know, the the business owner is the main guy. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and depending on where you're at, if you're just doing a couple hundred grand a year, there's electrical companies out there doing 10 million a year that you need to partner with them too, because they got work they don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? And you can be that guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's, there's levels to it, right? To that partnership, you know, you know, one level may be it's a carpenter, you know, that needs electricians for, to refer to as clients, you know? And then the next level maybe it's a general contractor. Then the next level is all right, it's the ten million dollar, you know, a year electrical company that needs to sub out some of their jobs, you know. And so there's definitely levels to it. It's just being intentional about how you attack it and the process to do that. So that when you do hire for specifically for that, this all all this person's job to do is to bring in business. Then they have a roadmap, they have a plan. And you can almost hire anybody to do that that has the right mindset as long as you have a plan in place. Yeah. And that, that's, that's actually like one, one of the few reasons why I started doing events mm-hmm. is like, it's like for that is to, cause I mean, like we're, I don't know if you're part of them, but like I was a part of some of the, cause like, uh, like Austin underground contractors or some shit like that. Okay. On Facebook, on Facebook, like these Facebook groups have like thousands of members and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, who, who knows a good, you know, drywall guy, you know, yeah. and then like some, you know, you get like random posts and, you know, people out there fucking like fucking over other people. Right. That's like well, one reason why I started doing events is like to kind of cut that, cut that shit out and actually build real relationships with other pros. Exactly. I mean, and, and there's, there's no reason that you shouldn't build relationships with people doing exactly what you're doing. There's so yeah. much value in that. There's so much That's value true. in that. Like the event that you're doing is, is a beautiful thing. Let's just say all electricians go to that event. I know so many more people are going to go. Um, but it, even if it was all electricians, imagine, you know, iron sharpens iron. Imagine the things that you guys are going to learn from each other by doing that. And, and again, it, it all goes back to that abundance mindset. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So, uh, what do you what are you currently doing? What is there something that maybe you need help mm-hmm. with, or maybe somebody listening listening as that person that you're potentially looking for? Um, so, you know the the place I always direct people to is my podcast. You know, um, it's called Building Great Sales Teams, and you know I get super tactical on there in some episodes. If you go through my episode list, I, I promise if you have a sales problem. I have a solution in one of those episodes yeah. and we, and we do, we list them very practically. You know, I just had this, uh, amazing guy, uh, Zach Lemire and he's a branding expert. And, um, he, he outlined some fantastic points. If you're just starting your business and you don't really know how you want to brand it, you know, how you want to, um, what, what you want that brand to mean. He's, he's a great person for that, but th- that's just an example of some of the episodes that are in there. And, you know, my big philosophy with that is uh, sales team, uh, great sales teams are built by great leaders. So if you want to build a great sales team or you want to build a great business, in this case, 
you have to become that great leader, you know? So I want to make sure that a lot of my content in my podcast is very growth minded, you know, uh, development mindset. And, and we do, we cover tactical sales stuff and we cover, you know, mindset leadership, you know, it's, it's, it's across the board. Building great sales team is just the title that brings them in most of the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, but what I've got going on right now is, um, you know, I do one-on-one consulting. That's my bread and butter. Uh, as well as, you know, we're building out, we're building out, uh, our podcast partners product. So if you want to start a podcast, you know, that's definitely another, uh, client of mine that I'm looking for right now. And, and honestly, just to follow, I mean, if you just, if you just follow me, I guarantee I give it all away for free, you know, (laughs) all these principles, concepts, everything that, um, that I use in order to consult clients, I give it away on the podcast. I give it away on social media. And it's because it's for those DIY guys, you know, to get them started, right? And you got to start somewhere and you got to use the free information, right? So I put it out there so that when they do hit their half million dollar mark or their million dollar mark or whatever, and they're ready to scale, then then who do they call? The one that's been pouring into them this whole time, just like you're doing with your podcast. It's, it's the same thing. You got guys looking up to you at where you're at right now and you're pulling them up, you know, and who knows, you know, when, whenever you're ready to expand, you may just end up buying their whole business or they may end up buying yours, you know? And so, uh, I think that's the most important thing is just to, to follow like-minded people or people that you can learn from, you know, and there's really nobody you can't learn from if you're not being, if you're being intentional about it. So, yeah. What's, uh, the best way to reach you if they have any questions like over your consulting or the podcast stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm T X B I Z D A D on all social media and then, uh, T X B I Z D A D.com. And that that'll have my, um, my calendar on there and all my social medias and everything. So if they want to reach out to me, they can find me there for sure. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll make sure to just link everything in the description of the episode. So, easy to find absolutely brother yeah sounds good man hey bro well i appreciate you taking the time out of your thursday and uh you know being here with us tonight some value yeah absolutely brother thanks for having me oh yeah man have a good one all right